welcome to Your Best Health with Dr. Chris Banning. This podcast will teach you how to get healthy and remain that way naturally. Hello, and welcome back to Your Best Health with Dr. Banning. My name is Aaron, and I'm sitting here with Dr. Banning, the star of the show. How are you, Dr. Banning? I'm doing good. 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 I'm excited about this show. Uh, this episode, we're going to focus on procrastination. And uh, it's kind of funny. Before we started, you said you, you didn't really want to do it right now. We could wait. <laughs> exactly. You know, why can't we just put it off? <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> procrastination or procrastination, as my wife says. So, you know, procrastination is, is I've dealt with it my whole life. I think a lot of people really have. Um, I'm not as bad at it uh, about procrastination as I used to be. But how does procrastination affect our health? Well, some people are masters at procrastination. I used to be. I've gotten better at it. Um, one of the things I would like to ask our audience is, who wants to live to be 94? Raise your hands. So those that didn't raise your hands, why don't you want to live to be 94? And usually people will give me the obvious answers that we're all thinking of, right? Right. Nursing home, depends. Mm -hmm. um, burden on the family. Burden on the family. Uh, not being able to contribute, because everybody wants to contribute and be a team player. And just being out of it, not losing your driver's license. That's sad to see people that have to lose their that privileges is. to drive. Um, and then having somebody watch you and be a financial burden on the family. And so... So the next question is, those are all good reasons, of course. So when is a good time to start addressing your health issues? 94, 93 years old, 92 years old, 91. You get the picture. Absolutely. Right. Um, so procrastination just leaks into so many areas of our life and just prevents us from opportunity relationships and living a great life i've had friends i had a very good close uncle that i lost and he was procrastinating he was a vice president at a bank and he had the world by the tail he had retired at 54 uncle don cool guy really liked him loved his family so anyhow he was having to use two and three glasses to read the Wall Street Journal. So he just used two and three glasses. Wow. Now, for me, I probably would have been like, you know, I might need to get this checked. So he was large, overweight, and he finally ended up going to see a doctor. But he had procrastinated. And he went to the doctor, and the doctor says, you need to get on some medication." For blood sugar and for blood pressure he chose not to and he started exercising which was good but his body wasn't ready for it and one morning his wife couldn't find him she found him later on downstairs dead on a treadmill mm. cold so 
There are so many people out there that just say, you know, later on, maybe I'll get a check later. And then guess what? They're forced to make decisions they never wanted to make in the first place. Um, they're going to the to the emergency room through an ambulance. Um, their kids get to watch them have a heart attack or have a stroke. And then they're in the hospital. Life or death situation. Surgery or no surgery. We got a new medication here we can try on you. And so then they're in a whole different level playing field. They're no longer independent. Now they're looking at being disabled or possibly dying. And they aren't even prepared. And so procrastination is a big deal. And my goal is to be a catalyst uh, to teach people that it's not that bad. There's things that you can do with lifestyle changes that can help you avoid those big crisis events in your life that affect not just you, but your spouse, your kids, your family. So that's why we talk about procrastination being the thief of health. You know, I think procrastination it seems to be built into some personalities. It's certain people. I know I'm. I'm. I I started out by saying that I used to be real bad at it. I'm still bad at it in some areas, and unfortunately, my health is one of those areas. You know, I I put things off, thinking this will get better. You know, my wife is always. You need to 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 find out what's causing this, which is one reason I came to you in the first place when we first met. My mm-hmm. wife actually set the appointment because, Good for her. because I was like, <laughs> I, I'll be okay. Been through this before. What, what are, are there? Is there any advice you can offer to someone who's, who's just like I, like I am and, and procrastinate something. A lot of people are not going to have a wife like I've got. That's going to push them to, uh, to help. Right. That's a great question. Um, there's two types of pain. There's a pain of regret when it's too late and you wish you would have done something. And then there's a pain of discipline. There's a pain of making the right choices. The pain of discipline and making the right choices is greatest when you first start making the right choices. But when you see the results that that are yielded with making good lifestyle choices, it gives you an attitude like, hey, you know what? Man, I just lost five pounds. There's the vanity part of it, too. You know, mm-hmm. I'm getting in smaller jeans, but I've got more energy. And now that I've got more energy, I can come home and cook a meal for my family. I don't have to go straight to bed. Or I can get on the floor and play with the grandkids. Um and more energy is a great thing because when you have more energy, that means your body's waking up. It's becoming more healthier. And so there's just so many great benefits of just making, like we talked about on one of our other podcasts about drinking more water, um, exercising, those things. You know, it takes a while to notice the difference, but when you do, it's great. And then the other thing is you know what you're avoiding. You're avoiding that crisis. And so... The time to act is now, not when you're 94. No matter what age you're at. Exactly. It's, it's time. Exactly. To does act. that make sense? It does make sense. It does. Um, I'm not sure if, uh, <laughs> I, I, I think my habit 
with procrastination as far as my health is concerned is I always think it'll get better. You know, it's going to get better. If, if my back goes out, it's going to get better. I, oh. there's, there's no need. You, you, you just hit a big point right there. You know, um, maybe it will go away on its own. And my response usually is, is as we get older, do things go away on their own or do things tend to fall apart and get worse over time? They may go away on their own. Wouldn't you like to figure out why you had the problem in the first place? Yes. And see, that's what people don't want to know or they can't if they go to their doctor, their regular doctor, because... It's really critical when you're you're dealing with this that you have an understanding of what caused the problem in the first place. And I think most people don't have that understanding, so that's why they procrastinate. They don't know what to do. It's like, well, I don't want to take medication. So they stop taking medication. I'm not going to have surgery. So that's a strategy. But it's just a procrastination strategy. It won't work in the end, I promise. So... Doing something about it is is where you need to start. And that's where your journey starts. That's the process of healing and getting better. The good news is, is you can only get better and learn more and have bigger rewards as you get older. Because most people, as they get older, a lot of them will have the money. And then when they retire, they'll have the time. But guess what? They ran out of health. Mm-hmm. And then guess what? They have no time and they have no money. Yep. So health is a really, really important asset that we've been, a great gift that we have. And to mistreat it or not be a good steward of it is has some really big big sufferings, challenges to it. So. What, what if somebody's listening and they feel healthy, but they haven't done anything to improve their health? That's a good question. <clears throat> Sometimes I'll get people in here that feel like they're healthy. They really don't have any issues that they know of. And so I'll ask a question, you know, hey, Mr. Mr. or Mrs. Jones, What is it about your health that you would change? I mean, on a scale of 1 to 10, rate your health. And they'll usually say, well, they won't say I'm a 10, but they'll say something like, well, I think I'm about a 7 or an 8. So I'll ask, what do we have to do to get you to a 10? And they'll be like, well, I just don't seem to have any energy. (laughs) You know? Yeah. And fatigue on a regular basis is not a good sign. So people associate pain with ill health when they should really associate things like lack of energy, um, constipation on a regular basis, um, poor sleep. Actually, did you know most heart attacks take place because of lack of sleep? I didn't know that, but it doesn't surprise me. Yeah. Sleep is... Oh, it's so rejuvenating for your body. If you're not sleeping, your brain is actually 90% active while you're sleeping. That's one area I never procrastinate. Really? Oh, <laughs> well, good. You got that covered then. <laughs> I'll go to sleep at the drop of my ass. Awesome. 
we just got to work on the other areas. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So. So it, as far as um, healthy, those that say they're an eight and they could be a 10 if they had more energy, what's mm-hmm. the next step? Well, usually what I do is I'll just do a simple history of just a question, ask them questions. You know, I'll ask them, you know, how's your sleep? What medications are you taking? A lot of medications will create fatigue, mm-hmm. brain fog, those types of things. How's your bowel and bladder? Uh, what'd you have for breakfast today? I'll just ask them that. I won't ask them how their diet is because they all say they're eating healthy. <laughs> <laughs> So I say, what'd you have for breakfast? Uh, what type of work do you do? Do you enjoy your work? How far do you travel to work? Do you ever take breaks or vacation? Um, the list just goes on and on. And then you'll find areas that uh, will be contributing to their fatigue, maybe insomnia, uh, maybe overworked, overstressed, things like that from their past that they're just really trying to work out. And then we go from there, and then we talk about the nervous system. And the nervous system just controls everything in your body. It controls how you deal with stress, how you handle circumstances, how your body adapts to the environment, whether it's a stressful environment or if it's a good environment. But if you can't adapt, uh, one of the problems is your body will start fatiguing or it may have other issues that come up, not necessarily pain. And so that's how ill health can, can, can start. And then it accumulates if you procrastinate. And then if you procrastinate long enough, it accumulates into something that's pretty significant and a crisis takes place. One thing you, you said that, that jumped out of me is that everybody says they eat healthy. And that's funny, too, because uh, our society has taught us certain things that are not healthy that are healthy. If, if someone, for example, a healthy breakfast in my mind could be a bowl of oatmeal plus 16 spoons of sugar. Exactly. <laughs> you know, yeah. Um, or it's, it's, people think, you know, cornflakes, you know, sure. That's a healthy option. I We've mean, been taught. Right. I remember growing up commercials say cornflakes and I'm not picking on cornflakes, but part of a healthy breakfast that was at the end of the commercial right um i remember wheaties commercials they'd have the the, the great athletes you know michael jordan was one of them. oh yeah probably willie mays bruce jenner was on there at one time bruce jenner yeah. um all those were tremendous athletes but you know um they were wanting to sell cereal mm-hmm. and my grandpa loved cornflakes he loved them it's processed food yeah. A lot of carbohydrates, and they spray the vitamins on. I didn't know that. They do. They spray them on. Um, you can go in a Kellogg's plant up in uh, Kalamazoo, Michigan, and they spray the vitamins on. So um, that's not how I want to get my nutrition. No. Yeah. No. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> There's a fellow I really respect that, that talks a lot about uh, vitamins. And he's not opposed to supplements, but he thinks our majority of vitamins should come through our food. Greens, you know, eating um, healthier choices, non-processed foods. 
Is that true? That's a great idea. That's a great idea. If you look at your grocery stores, the way they're set up, if you eat on the outside, that's the healthiest areas. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah that's where a lot of your produce and your vegetables yeah. are. If you eat on the inside, that's your processed foods. A lot of those foods will last for 20, 30 years. Really? So all them nice preservatives in them. And a lot of them, a bug will not eat, will not touch it. Wow. Yeah. So there's lots of sprays that are put on a lot of the wheat, the corn, um, a lot of chemicals into the dairy and the soy. And, you know, that's a whole different discussion we could have there. But those are manufactured, industrialized, commercialized, marketed foods that go back to the old food pyramid that the government was talking oh, yeah. about. Yes. I remember that one. Grains, well. grains, cereal, <laughs> yes. you know, and at the top, you know, the real healthy stuff you don't eat much of like the vegetables. That's right. Yeah. And meats. When it turns out now, we call it the SAD, the standard American diet. Um, that was FDA approved and, and, uh, the FDA, seems to be behind on the times that's the same food pyramid i remember growing up with you yeah. know in the 70s mm-hmm. um during kindergarten learning the the food pyramid right right lots of dairy there was dairy on there there was uh, a lot of wheat anything that a farm could produce yeah. and was government subsidized you bet your you bet your dollar <laughs> that'd be it'd be in there that's it would be at the base that's what you need to eat the most of yeah so But if you look at the food industry and you just look at it in the light of marketing and finances, um, they're going to be pushing the stuff that makes the money. And the vegetables and the the meats and things like that uh, in our farms, in our industrialized farms, aren't always the best for us just because of a lot of products that they're spraying on them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So When you said sprayed, they spray the vitamins on. Oh, the cereal? Yes, sir. Uh-huh. That, that kind of piqued my interest a little bit. What what kind of vitamins, for example, loaded with vitamins? You see that on some cereal boxes. Uh, yes. Remember the recommended daily allowances, the RDA? Yes, sir. It's higher than the RDA. Well, the RDA was set up by the, I can't remember who set it up, but what the RDA is actually is the recommended daily allowance to prevent somebody from developing a disease. So that was the low standard RDA is. Yeah. And so a lot of the vitamins they would spray were synthetic vitamins. That's what, that was what I was wondering. Yeah. And so a lot of people think that vitamin C is ascorbic acid or they think that vitamin E is pantothenic acid. Okay. Um, it's not, that's a part of vitamin C. That's a part of vitamin A or E, but the real vitamin that's all together is like a clock and you take any part out of that vitamin, it's not going to be vitamin C. It's not going to be complete. And so your body has to work to build vitamin C. When you eat whole foods, it's there. Interesting. It's there. How do they get away with giving us part of a vitamin and claiming they're giving us the vitamin? <laughs> That's another long story. And 
you know, there's a guy named Royal Lee, and he started a vitamin company in 1929. And he was constantly in fights with the FDA because the FDA was wanting to get more processed foods. Royal Lee had a position um, in a health department where he would try to make sure that everybody got healthy food and that they wouldn't endorse things that weren't healthy. Well, anytime they discovered a new element or a new vitamin, Royal Lee had whole food vitamins. And so what he would do is he would say, hey, let me see if it's in my whole food vitamin. It's called Catalan. He'd check it out. He'd do a test on it, and sure enough, it was in there. Hmm. And so the intelligence of eating whole foods is right in line with the intelligent design of our bodies. And so God made vegetables and animals for us to eat. Mm-hmm. And so our body knows what that is. It can digest it and process it and get energy and produce cells that are healthy out of it. If you start producing synthetic foods, that's not part of the intelligent design. That's just me. That's that's how I think. Well, there is a lot of synthetic foods out there. Yes. A whole lot of it. Yes. Um, and a lot of times it's it's disguised as, as real food. Right. You know. Mm-hmm. It's kind of scary. It is. It is. <laughs> it's very thought-provoking anyway. Yes, and you can just stay away from that just by eating real food. It's that simple. That's easy. It is. That's an easy choice. Uh-huh. Interesting. So so a good tip to take away is shop the outside of the not not outside the grocery store but but yeah. the, the outside what how, what am I looking for? The outside aisles. The outside aisles. That's where all the produce, yeah. all the the vegetables are. And then the inside, stay away from those. Where the crackers and the cookies and the... the Cereals. And the stuff I like are. Yeah. <laughs> the candy bars. Yeah. All, that, all, the, all the real tasty stuff. But a lot of those, too, there's uh, nutritional scientists that study how to hit... They call it the bliss point. The bliss point with the right amount of crunch. The sugars. The flavor enhancers. The texture enhancers. All those things. And it's a big deal. It's a big industry. So when you hit that bliss point, that bliss point sends a chemical to your brain that says, I need more. And it creates an addictive cycle. High fructose corn syrup is one. Mm -hmm. Monosodium glutamate is another. Um, Several others. What is high fructose corn syrup? That's a good question. Um, If you were to look at... Sucrose, which is table sugar, it's 50% glucose and 50% fructose. Okay. Okay. What they've done is they've produced something called high fructose corn syrup, which is 55% fructose and 45% glucose. Now, fructose to your liver is like a rocket fuel. And what happens is fructose in the absence of vitamins, you know, we know fructose is in grapes. Okay. Berries, things like that. But those berries have antioxidants in them and the fructose is in the berry. 
when they artificially produce fructose, like high fructose corn syrup, there's no minerals. It's like raw honey has minerals with it. Your body can process that. It's just empty calories. And so what happens is the fructose damages your DNA. Your DNA is how you produce new cells. And when you have that damage to those, that DNA, especially without fiber, you end up uh, creating something called uric acid, which is very damaging to your cells. And uric acid causes something called free radicals. And free radicals produce um, all kinds of issues with the brain and a little thing in your cells called the mitochondria. And it shuts down the mitochondria, which produces ATP. ATP is like the currency of energy. And so when that happens, there's a foraging response. Foraging response is a built-in survival response. So high fructose corn syrup creates that foraging response like, give me food now. Wow. I go back to the refrigerator 20 times. It's that foraging response that it sets in. How about that? Yeah, and so our kids are getting that. And the moms don't know. So they have the foraging response. So they're continuously wanting to eat stuff. They're not getting what they want. And it's causing all kinds of pleasure chemicals like dopamine and serotonin to be replaced in the brain or produced in the brain. And it leads to addiction of food. And the other thing is, is it opens up the cells to storing fat. Hmm. Yeah. So. I see it everywhere. Yeah. It, it's on every nutrition label, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, and actually they're allowed to call it now natural flavorings. I didn't know that. <clears throat> There's about 10 different names for high fructose corn syrup. Everybody knew what high fructose corn syrup was, so they started calling it something else. <laughs> it's you know, so it's like, sneaky. It's like a shell game. And so, you know, they're wanting, you know, you can read the back of a label. You can still read the back of a label and know what's in it. But the politicians and lobbyists are wanting to have that removed so we don't know what's in the food. Really? I didn't know that. Yes. Yes. It's crazy. That really is crazy. Yeah. I want to know if I'm putting something in my body. What am I eating? Yeah. Now, if I'm eating an egg, it's a good, healthy egg from a farm, like a grass-fed chicken, mm-hmm. I'm good with that. That's yeah, I don't need a label me. on my egg. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but some of the stuff, we don't know. I mean, they're sending a lot of our chickens over to China to oh. be processed and shipping them back. That's that scary. That doesn't sound good to me. No, that's yeah. that's very frightening. <laughs> Well, we've taken our conversational procrastination and, and wow. <laughs> went off on all kind of nutritional rabbit holes, but that's okay. It was all excellent. But let's get back to procrastination to wrap things up. And uh, what what would your be what would be your your um, your advice, your closing advice for somebody, someone who maybe has procrastinated? Maybe they've taken a little too too much time in deciding to. Uh, to take care of, of of something that's bothering them. Well, if you're wanting to become more aware, go to your doctor. Have them check you out. And find out 
what's going on and find out what the treatment is in the end. And then understand that if you continue going on that path, you're going to set yourself up and your family up for a crisis. And so the pain of regret is always worse than the pain of discipline. And just understand, you know, the first step is always the most difficult one, but each step after that's a lot easier. And it's a process. And on your journey, you'll find friends that are on your journey. You'll find mentors. And you'll find accountability partners. If you use people like that in your life, that's going to make it a lot easier, a lot more rewarding. And you'll have a better quality of life. That sounds good to me. I'm going to get on it right now. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you again for another uh, interesting episode. I think it's been eye-opening in a lot of areas. And uh, I'm sure we'll touch back on uh, high fructose corn syrup and things like that in upcoming episodes because that, that it's, it's very interesting to me Mm -hmm. the way these things, not only how they're made, but how they affect us. So in closing, I'd like to say that if our listener has any uh, questions for Dr. Banning, feel free to email us at uh, besthealthpodcast at gmail.com. We'll get those questions to Dr. Banning, and he will uh, address them on upcoming episodes. And be sure to tune in next week when our episode, our fourth episode, we're going to be discussing traditional health versus holistic health. Thanks for listening, and thank you, Dr. Banning. Thank you. Thank you.